Welcome to a special edition of the Middle East File, presented in collaboration with the International Religious Freedom Summit. Today's episode is part of the IRF Summit Authors Corner and was recorded live at the IRF Summit 2022 in Washington, D.C. To learn more about the IRF Summit and to find the full video version of these interviews and much more, visit irfsummit.org. Now, on to today's episode of the Middle East File. Hello, my name is is Paul Marshall. I I work with the Religious Freedom Institute and um, I'm here going to discuss uh, one of the more recent books by uh, Leela Gilbert. Uh, Leela is uh, with the Hudson Institute and with the Family Research Council as a senior fellow for international religious freedom. And she is a prolific author. I, I might add that we have uh, cooperated as joint authors on several books and that makes me uh, doubly grateful to be able to talk to her today. Uh, Leela, thank you very much. Um, could you first uh, tell us, um, as mentioned, you, uh, you write a lot of books. What particularly drew you to, to uh, write this biography? Oh, and I didn't even mention what the book was. Sorry. The book is uh, Baroness Cox, Eyewitness to a Broken World by Leela Gilbert. Sorry. I was traveling in the early 2000s with some friends, and we joined Baroness Cox in Nagorno-Karabakh, which is um, related to Armenia. It's an outpost of Armenia. And I had never even heard of the place, but I met her there, met Baroness Cox there, and she's deeply, deeply invested her heart in this little region that's uh, suffered all kinds of abuse from Azerbaijan and other Islamist uh, groups that have come in. So I got acquainted with her at that time. I learned that she'd been in there before um, during a war that took place earlier. And so I learned about it from her and we got to talking and and some friends were with us that also were interested in her having a book. So we we discussed it and decided to do the first volume of this book, which was, uh, I think it was uh, published in 2006. And so this second book just came out in late 2021 in, in I think, December. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, one of my jokes has been that, uh, if I may add, that Baroness Cox is in her 80s now, yes, I think, is. and is still going strong. And uh, you may need a third version because she's slowing, showing no sign of slowing down. I probably will be done writing long before she's done doing what she does, but yeah. that's absolutely true. How did she, uh, when you first met her in Nagorno-Karabakh, how how did she strike you? Well, she's a very impressive woman and she's got many stories, very personable, and so I got acquainted with her very quickly. Um, I I think mostly I was impressed with the love the people had for her there. She was well known, she was a hero in their eyes, and so she introduced us to the Archbishop and all of these people in the community, and we could see that she had done a great deal for them, and I was impressed with that. She seemed to have no other agenda than just help, and helping those people, and the more, of course, the more I got to know her, the more I realized that she was that way in many other countries, or several other countries as well. Uh, let's uh, talk about uh, another one of those these countries which you discuss, 
um, in the book, which is very much in the news now, not as much as it should be, but in Nigeria where thousands of Christians are being killed. Do um, you talk about her work there? Her work there started very early. In fact, nowadays we think of Nigeria as kind of a new problem because it's been getting worse and worse. But in the early 2000s, she met Bishop Ben Kwashi. He was, he's now Archbishop Ben Kwashi, but she met him and he had already been badly abused and his wife tortured by radical Islamists. This was 2004, I believe. And that story has just continued to get worse and worse and worse. And she has been helping him and his diocese in Jos. But since then, she's traveled many other places in Nigeria and has done firsthand interviews with victims, which are very hard to get. But she's able to do that, and she's done a magnificent job of really documenting the horrors of what's happened to women, what's happened to children, and the reality of this, which is so in contrast with the explanations we have about it being due to climate change and resources. Mm -hmm. It's all done with shouts of Allahu Akbar and slit throats and the violence we've come to know as Islamist abuse. Mm -hmm. Good, and then uh, even more recently, she has been in Syria, may even be there right now, knowing her. Yes, she went to Syria um, with some other British uh, dignitaries. It was a controversial trip because, as you know, uh, President Assad is, is not well thought of. Uh, but she wanted to visit the Christians, as she does. And she doesn't go to these countries to hang out with the dignitaries. She goes to meet the people that suffer. And so she went with controversy in uh, the London Times and other publications, but she met with the Christians. She visited places that had been devastated by the attacks uh, that, that took place during the Arab uprising, as well as ISIS coming in later. This was all sort of sequential. I began in 2010, but it was later that she went. I'm, I'm not sure which year, but it was not that long ago. So she went to talk to the people, and they thanked her for coming and said that it was very few people that would come mm -hmm. to do what she did and to talk to them and listen. And so she came back with some pointed stories and the ability to establish help for them. When she came back, she had people that she knew and she could yeah. send relief to. So it was a profitable trip in that way, but it did cause controversy because uh, it seemed to be an affirmation of the presidency, which it really was not. But that's politics. Yeah, it is. Uh, some other things, uh, topics I'd like to talk about, but when you mentioned it, it, it's politics, um, if I, uh, I could add, uh, for many people in North America, you think of a, a baroness, you, you think of um, Downton Abbey or right. something like this out in the country. Um, but um, she uses the House of Lords. Could oh, yeah. you say something on Well, she was a nurse. And she was a nurse by choice. Her father was a very well-known doctor who traveled the Middle East and set up clinics and everything else. But she went into healthcare. She became a professor um, at one of the universities in healthcare and as a nurse and wrote a book or a document or something that Caroline uh, produced. And Margaret Thatcher read. And Margaret Thatcher asked her if she would become 
a member of the House of Parliament in the House of Lords as a peer. And she, agreed, she thought it was slightly crazy, but she said yes. And she decided to make it her, her position from which to reach and help other people. So, and I've seen this love of nursing in her, in, in the way she embraces, I mean, she wants, she's held dying people in her arms in the stories. She went in with medication. She went into these places, not just to be a good, uh, yeah, a, a diplomat. She went in to help and she continues to do that. That's, that's her calling. Yeah, and um, she's also become, uh, um, in more recent years, concerned about developments, uh, you know, back home in, in England. Could you say something more yes. on that? Yes, uh, she's been working with, with actually Muslim women's groups because the women lose their rights when they're in a community where Sharia law is enforced. And unfortunately in Britain, there are large numbers of communities where British law is set aside. So when there's a divorce or when there's some kind of crisis in the marriage, the women lose their rights, particularly if they're second, third, or fourth wives. So she's begun to work with these women's groups to try to help them legally to do what needs to be done under British law and just to help them escape if they're being abused or do whatever, again, hands-on. So yes, that's a, a big concern of hers and the concern with Islamism in the world is something she's extremely sensitive to and and understands that there are Muslims that are not part of this. Yeah. But that's the enemy in so many places now, most certainly in Africa and in the Middle East. So, um, and places like Afghanistan and so yeah. um, has, um, yeah, From your description, she doesn't shy away from you know, controversial positions. No. So I'm assuming that uh, her work in the UK in, in favor of Muslim women is also producing uh, uh, opposition. Probably so. I haven't seen the opposition, but I know it's not as well known what she does there. And she may do it more discreetly there. Not that she's hiding it, but I don't think she's um, spoken as much about it as she has her work in other countries. But yes, she's very controversial and she's, she's mocked in some quarters because she says what she thinks and she is politically incorrect. Mm -hmm. and, but she has created a group of people that are very helpful, including some Muslims and others within the country. And of course, Lord Alton and she are very, very mm -hmm. attached. And he does the same kind of thing. Yeah. They've traveled together and, and done a lot of work as well. Yeah, if I my, might mention something in my own experience. Um, for um, she also worked with the former president of Indonesia, mm. Abdul Rahman Wahid, for a while. He was also the head of the world's largest Muslim organization, uh, Nahdlatul Ulama. So they they worked closely. He's he's he's, he's uh, since died, so yeah. that hasn't carried on. But she's done you know, extensive work, uh, cooperative work as well. Right. She traveled to Indonesia quite a bit yeah. in in earlier days. Yes, mm -hmm. because of him. That's yeah. right. In fact, I think there was a chapter in the earlier book about Indonesia that's not in this one because it was kind of old news by the time we, yeah. we reported this. Well, thank you for um, adding so much um, to the story. Are there any particular things you would like to add? Well, I hope people will read her story because she is, to me, like a Western version of a Mother Teresa. 
she doesn't do the same kinds of things. She's not Catholic. She doesn't live in a, in a uh, monastery or a nunnery, but she goes out and does with her hands and with her heart what I see as sacrificial love. She puts her life on the line every time she goes in these places. And she's not young, and she does not stop. And I see her as a real saint in today's church. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, thank you very much. And again, if I could commend uh, this um, wonderful book to you, you'll find it uh, inspiring. Uh, Baroness Cox, Eyewitness to a Broken World by Leela Gilbert. Thank you very much. Thank you. The Middle East File podcast features conversations with authors about publications on a range of issues impacting religious freedom in the Middle East, including governance and security, humanitarian assistance, geopolitics and foreign policy, human rights, and much more. To find more of these conversations and to learn more about the work of the Religious Freedom Institute, visit rfi.org. Thank you.